Welcome. We trust you will be encouraged by this message from Mahesh and Bonnie Chavda by Chavda Ministries International. Real love, real people, real power. I felt like the Holy Spirit was showing and I was going from one hymn to one other song and another hymn. And I went to crown him with many crowns. I didn't know that was on Michael's list and so, uh, suddenly at the moment that I went to that, he began singing. And uh, it, this is one of the special hymns that really, really recognizes the majesty of our Lord ever eternally. That it's not uh, just four years or eight years, the majesty and the honor we pay is to a king who is eternally king, and who is a healer, deliverer, one who delivers each of us, not just in one nation, but every nation that whosoever shall call on the name of the Lord shall be delivered, shall be healed. And the words say, crown him with many crowns, the lamb upon his throne. And it's so impressive that the one who we see as the king of kings, one we crown with many crowns, is a lamb. Hark how the heavenly anthems drowns all music but its own. So even the music, that was many years ago. And I had, during the beginning periods of my learning, being called to the pastorate and uh, I had not been called specifically to a church. I was practicing. I'd been ordained. But I remember which, uh, sometime I'll give a more detailed picture of this. Uh, I've said it before in some other books, but I had no idea where I would stay and some friends uh, I was already planning to go without knowing where I would go, where I would stay. And if these were tests for me, whether I would be walking in faith. And so, but these friends were invited by some people who were their dear friends. And so they asked if I could go. And anyway, the Lord arranged for me to stay at this home in Fort Worth. And it was during the time of the Vietnam War. And planes would take off from Andrews Air Force Base. Not Andrews. Um, there's the Air Force Base right, right next door. Forgot right now the name. Uh, and big planes would take off in the middle of the night. And uh, so, and they would shake the hook. This his home was right next door to the Air Force Base. And when they would take off, the whole house, the neighborhood, would be shaking because some of these planes were B-52 bombers. And, and they were making the trip all the way to Vietnam. Maybe I think sometimes they would step, stop in Hawaii. But the Lord came in one night and I knew he was in, and the whole uh, room was filled with golden light. And it, it was amazing. I mean, it affected you, every atom in your being. And if you were not dead, you wanted to be dead. So I, want, I would never want to leave this presence. Uh, and during that time, I, I remember one of the unique things that happened was 
it was like the anthem was there and presence number one, the presence of the Lord was right there. And in his presence, one of the unique things, I never thought of this. So it was not, it was an experience that I could see not only hear the music, but I could see the music. And every wave of the music as it came within the presence of the Lord bowed down and started agreeing with the anthem of glory. Recognizing the element, the elements themselves were recognizing Jesus is Lord. And when they came within the waves of his presence that couldn't do anything but bow and whatever they were playing they started playing crown him with many crowns and Mahesh I remember when you were that, that experience was fresh you were just astounded by the, how the roar and rumble of the sound of the jets, the noise of the jet engines. That's right. As that sound came near where his presence was manifest around you, it, the, the, the very sound of it was transformed and brought into harmony of sound of worship and music as it came near the, and bowed. That's right. That was the, the connection in, in relationship with the uh, B-52 bomber. The, the sound of the B-52 bomber was... And it took off. And when it came within the presence of the Lord, it bowed and turned into music. And the beautiful thing, too, about that story is that you actually were in that home by divine appointment and it was because the Lord had heard the prayers of the woman who was hosting you and unbeknownst to you her house and family was falling apart and the Lord had sent you there with a word of healing which indeed occurred true yeah that was salvation I mean, and deliverance I for just her happened to come by accident at that time because I had not said known where I would stay I, I went, it was at that time a big Christian seminar but it was they registered me as a pastor even though I, I had been ordained but I was not at that time specifically called but one of the unusual things that this lady would do when I would wake up around 7, 7.30 but she would cook the biggest breakfast you had ever seen for one person that was me and she would have every kind of fruit every kind of pastry she would have pancakes she would have bread different kinds of breads and eggs done you know every way you could imagine eggs to be done and then the jams and the jellies from all over the world and then the first day I and I looked at the table, the whole table was filled with all this stuff. And uh, the, I looked and she smiled and she said, all this is for you. And I could not fathom what was happening. This is weird. I've never been welcomed for one single individual. All, I mean, I've never eaten that that well, let's say, since ever since then, but uh, for one person. So I, I just ate quietly. I remember the next day she said, I so I'm so sorry that one fruit I forgot. I remembered to buy everything, but I did not buy kiwi fruit. And so today I've included kiwi fruit. And I said, it was so weird. And then the night where the Lord came and he, you are permeated with his presence to such a degree. For me, I, she had a similar table on the, it was a Thursday morning. And uh, 
She said, here it is. And I was so weirded out. And I said, then I looked at her and I said, um, I I can't eat. I'm absolute, I'm full. And then I said, I'm sorry. But the Lord visited me last night. And she smiled and said, I know. And what the Lord had said was to me, this is not back, I brought you here. Because this woman cried out to me, and he told me, he said, Lord, I have not cried out to you all these many years I've been married. But she just found out that he was going to ask her for a divorce. And she was, she wept, and she went into a closet and cried out to the Lord. She said, I've never cried out like that. And the Lord spoke to her and said, I'm sending one of my prophets to your house and he will have the word of healing for your husband. And sure enough, I set them down before I went home a couple of days later. And I said, this is what the Lord says. And so uh, the spirit of repentance came and he repented before her. And strange enough, I happened to meet them 14 years later and they were still totally in love and God had done something magical in them. We want to be sure and say a special hello and good morning to all of our friends and family around the world. Many of you are writing and and contacting us directly right now. And one of those families is the Harris family. family. Uh, Rich and Deborah Harris and Heather just told me that they were talking about this story last night as they prayed for Deborah and Rich and blew the Jubilee shofar over them for their 50th wedding anniversary, which was yesterday. Wow. That's great. Our God is so good, so faithful. So, we crown him with many crowns. You know, that song has 12 verses. And if you haven't looked at it or haven't looked at it lately, I I read it, uh, the whole thing, just on Friday. It's absolutely gorgeous and glorious. So if you get a chance today, go and look and read all of the lyrics of that song, Crown Him With Many Crowns. It's taken from Revelation 19, verses 12 onwards, that says, His eyes were a flame of fire, and on his head were many crowns. And he had a name written that no man knew but he himself. And he was clothed with a vesture dipped in blood. Obviously, the triumphant banner of Calvary where he poured out his blood. And his name is called the Word of God. And the armies which were in heaven followed him on white horses, clothed in fine linen, white and clean, which indicates the saints who follow Christ. And out of his mouth goes a sharp sword that with it he should smite the nations, and he shall rule them with a rod of iron, And he treads the winepress of the fierceness and wrath of Almighty God. And he has on his vestment and on his thigh a name written, King of Kings and Lord of Lords. Amen. And I got a little text from my daughter who has heard this story some years ago. But one just in answer to your query, possibly, is why that kind of breakfast every day I was there? And it, she was not <laughs> thinking so much of me, but the Lord had spoken to her, I'm sending my prophet, in fact, that's what he's, to your house. You treat him like you would treat me. And so that's why the breakfasts, and sure enough, she, she was a very simple, godly woman. And she took the Lord's words very seriously. And sure enough, the Lord visited me. And I realize now, he did a tub, double purpose. Number one, visit me. And just, I feel like it's hard to put in words, but I, I like absorbed his virtue, his blessing, 
and his electricity in the glory came. But secondly, he made one of the main reasons he, his personhood, his glory visited me, was uh, he had promised he would answer her, and he did, and gave me the living word that in, now I look back and I realize the Lord is so awesome. There was no way to not answer the glory of the Lord and in fact honor him and crown him with many crowns. He had come, visited his their home and he bowed and stopped the negative relationship just that weekend and then never went back to dissatisfaction and etc. Crown him. So today I felt part of his the supernatural confirmation for us, for those watching us on Facebook. Let's all, we are going to crown him with many crowns from every heart, every home. We recognize his majesty, whether we are in Brazil, whether in India, whether in Russia, or whether in Canada. God is answering and he will give us supernatural answer and deliverance in the midst of confronting any power, principality, any disease, any infirmity. And I bless you as you come and worship him. That's the other part that I want to just emphasize that it is time now for us to get as strongly together in unity we can take the precautions that are recommended, but it is important for us to realize that some of our main strength is in community, in fellowship. Tolkien, at the end of his, uh, in, the, in the movie about his life, he's describing what his, uh, the story of the Hobbit is, and then later the of Lord of the Rings and he tries to guess which word what is the word he would describe of what, what the, the book is about the Hobbit and then the Lord of the Rings and he says I think above all it's about fellowship and so fellowship and community is one of the things that I believe the enemy has tried to do different things to rob us of love and community and family and sense of belonging, getting the word together, agreeing with it, agreeing with each other in prayer. These are all important things. It's not just, well, this in the word of God, and if we can't do it, we might. It, this is very, very important that we stay right in the middle of community and fellowship. So... We are living together the commandments of the Lord and the love of the Lord and the presence of the Lord. And very specifically, Christians loving one another. The entire exhortation of the New Testament to believers is to love one another, to forgive one another, to walk humbly and justly and in mercy and in love and clarity and truth with one another. And the events of these last uh, actually few weeks more than ever now has begun um, on top of this year of the COVID um, dynamics. <laughs> then the political events have uh, created an opportunity to begin to drive more and more of a wedge and a dispersing of the body of Christ. And it's more important now than ever that we as Christians are clinging to the word of God, to fellowship in the Holy Spirit, and staying true to the Lord Jesus. So may the Lord make each of us wise as serpents and gentle as doves at the same time that we are very clear in our convictions, 
and under the voice of the Lord um, in this hour. And we will see in the coming days more and more specific public assault from our public institutions on the demonizing and canceling of Christians who stay true to the faith. And in that context, we will begin to see more and more where some Christians will be very willing for the sake of confusion or whatever to begin to side uh, against one another. So let us, let us be prepared now. I'm so thankful for the word of the Lord for us as a community, for all of you who are online community. The year's word is overcomers. And specifically, um, I encourage you, we encourage you to go and read again Jesus' exhortation to the seven churches of Asia Minor, which were the gateways and the capitals of culture and influence and economic trade and all of those things in the known world at the time of Jesus appearing to John on the Isle of Patmos and seven times to the churches in those seven cultural centers, he exhorted the church to overcome the events of their day. And principle to the events of the day was that um, the emperor cult was being established. And in fact, in Revelation 2, in the exhortation to the church at Smyrna, it was the first place since Nebuchadnezzar, possibly, that uh, a, an image of the emperor Tiberius was set up in the city. And um, the, the, all of the citizens of the city, once a year, would have to pass by the governor's recorder with their name written down and take a pinch of incense and worship the idol of, of the emperor. And if you refused to do it, it wasn't just imprisonment, it was execution. And so the context of Jesus' words about overcoming specifically to the church in Smyrna, he begins with, I am the first and the last, the one who was dead and is alive. And he, he exhorts the church and specifically concerning the trouble that was about to come. And interesting, Smyrna is the Greek word for myrrh because their capital, their chief product in that time was myrrh, which was the healing re resin. And the way that myrrh is created is they would use sharp knives to hack the trees that produce it. And the trees would bleed out of those wounds, if you will, and produce that healing resin. So there are you know, many, many pictures in there about the majesty and the, and the glory of the Lord, but his exhortation to the church was to endure that particular trouble that was coming. And the most famous or and perhaps singular historical record we have from those events, it was the second of three waves of great persecution that came over a period of almost 300 years, actually, under the emperor cult. And this was under the second wave, and um, the historical record we have specifically is, is of the martyrdom of the pastor, the, the principal pastor of the church in Smyrna, who was Polycarp, and he was a friend of John the Apostle. So Polycarp would have received this letter from the appearance of Jesus to John, exhorting the church to stand strong. And indeed, they did in the face of that tremendous persecution that came upon them. And even Polycarp himself, as the people were gathered in the forum, which is where they would hold these annual um, renewing your certificate, <laughs> so to speak, and um, the crowd began to cry out um, to go and get Polycarp and they found him in the city and brought him and executed him there and um, as he he went to his death he refused to be bound and um, telling them that he, he, he was already bound so to speak to the Lord Jesus and went into the fire like Daniel's friends and um, died praising the Lord. So the church in America has had the wonderful liberty 
um, since the days of our founding of being a signal nation whose very laws and institutions were friendly um, towards the Bible people until more recent times. And we're seeing a peak of the anti-sentiment uh, and anti-organization against those of us who have chosen not to adopt um, the cultural worship. The new woke religion, which defames the natural order, gender, God himself, certainly the gospel, um, so many other things. The woke religion is an expression of a spiritual impetus and we are living in a dynamic clash of kingdoms in this hour. We may say more about that, but we want to encourage you to cling to the Lord with absolute assurance and joy and clarity of conviction, but especially with a commitment of love and support for the brethren, like the Bible says. Amen. And at this uh, at this stage, as we are living in this 2021, some of us may uh, want to follow the Lord completely, of course, but a lot of constrictions uh, and uh, people even have been in certain places like from what we understand, like New York and other states, that Seattle is another one. You want to, you get isolated and you get fearful. And people, as we have mentioned before, in places like uh, Seattle and California or New York, even with the restrictions that were put, they uh, unable to crown him with many crowns. They would try to keep us separate like and, and uh, restricted. They even before, if some of you may remember that even grandma and grandpa could not travel during the Christmas time that authorities said, no, no, you can't do this, you can't do that. And uh, Part of it was hindering the worship of the Lord. Uh, that we couldn't even meet in some states very even more strictly than before. The intentions good, but it, the effect of the commandments have been very. It, it tried to impact negatively uh, our gathering to worship the Lord. Um, and it, it's it. We, those of us who are uh, schooled in the spiritual dynamics and understand the spiritual battle, are able to see clearly a very insidious supernatural plot that wittingly or unwittingly is then cooperated by, um, sometimes by laws, uh, many times just by persons with darkened minds or naive persons, but it, it's, it's uh, interesting to see how the COVID restrictions have forced in many places the church and believers online, and now with the political events, believers and the church being online are being targeted specifically. So it's like a level of saying shut down and then a deeper level of saying shut down, keep our voices away. So let it encourage you, saints. Let it encourage you. God has chosen and ordained us for the sake of the gospel and the world to live in these dynamics for such a time as this. And so we're gonna stick together and be committed to hear from the Lord and follow him. And I'm so thankful, we're so thankful for this time of fasting in the church. And we can tell you that God is the God who hears and answers prayer. And in these past few months, 
the armies and there are international armies of prayer and fasting arising and specifically arising for America and the church in America are like never before in the history of the world. At the same time as we see the nations confronting, we want to send special blessing and prayers for all the Bible-believing nations. We send our affection and we pray our special prayers for people, whether they're in Italy or France or England, uh, Scotland, I mean the United Kingdom, Russia, wherever. May God do mighty things in this hour where we have the need. And I want to tell you that the Lord Jesus has laid the track for us. So I'm not allowing myself or others to feel, start feeling sorry for ourselves. That saints in the past, like that time frame where the emperor required people to worship him, him, the emperor cult, that people have gone on trying, and the enemy trying to oppress his church. So one of the, among the uh, scriptures that has helped me, I would like for you to go to, uh, if you want to observe like Luke chapter 4, and part of it is just tells us the strategy in that special time where oppression was rampant. It says, then Jesus being filled with the Holy Spirit, returned from the Jordan and was led by the Spirit into the wilderness, filled with what? The Holy Spirit. And was led by the filled, say filled. And was led, say led, led. by the Spirit into the wilderness. And the Lord, in these hours, I want to tell you, be open for the Holy Spirit's leadership. Now more than ever, in our time frame, we are going to have the Holy Spirit be there to comfort you, strengthen you, empower you. And do not in any way feel like, oh wow, we are left alone. I'm even in my own individual life, I'm all alone. There's, I don't know what, where to turn to. I want to tell you, it's just like Jesus, just like the apostles, just like the disciples. We are there on being anointed, being blessed, being commissioned, and you are going to have, just so don't get inward. We're going to get outward and say, I mean, I'm going to, it says that the Lord... And in the past, I mean, 1 Samuel 30, I remember talking about it some many months ago, uh, that David encouraged himself in the Lord. And when everything seemed to turn, he encouraged himself, because the Lord was there. And so he received it. But no, number one, I would emphasize the companionship of the Lord, the leadership of the Holy Spirit. Here, Jesus himself is filled with the Holy Spirit. May you be filled. Even today, in the coming days, when we are here together as a community, as a fellowship, and whether Friday or Sunday or whenever, when you meet each other, have them, if you feel a little weak or anxious or fearful, you need the anointing. You need an answer. Agree with each other. Pray for each other. And you'll find that, uh, in fact, this I could almost describe it into, as a wilderness prayer, period for us. We can't meet just exact like we did before. There are some restrictions. It's all right. We're going to find our way. We are being led by the Holy Spirit. And even... If you look around and say, wow, this looks like a wilderness. The Lord is with us. And it says, and in those days he ate nothing. And afterward, when they had ended, he was hungry. And here, therefore, he's anointed, 
He is led by the Spirit into the wilderness. And right there he says, how am I going to reply? One of the best ways is I'm going to pray and fast. So in the wilderness he does that. And then, so what else shall I do? And uh, he says, um, after the 40 days, he has a confrontation with the devil. And in verse 16, so he came to Nazareth, where he had been brought up. And as his custom was, he went into the synagogue on the Sabbath day, and stood up to read, and he was handed the book of the prophet Isaiah. And when he had opened the book, he found the place where it was written. So, it was written. Say, it was written. So it's, he then stands up and he is commissioned, he is anointed. And what does he talk about? He opens his mouth and basically quotes the scripture. This is the time, I could say, we would say this is the inauguration of Jesus. And in the time of the inauguration, Jesus is standing up and declared he's in the power of the Spirit and he quotes from Isaiah the Spirit of the Lord is upon me he has anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor he has sent me to heal the broken heart to proclaim liberty to the captives and recovery of sight to the blind so number one I mean there's no one like Jesus he is the Lord, He is the Savior. Crown Him with many crowns. Because He is the one who is standing, saying, the Spirit of God is upon me. He has anointed me. There is no one else to the degree that He has, was anointed and became King of Kings and Lord of Lords. And my commission, He, he, he casts the vision. And this is I am standing up, uh, the Spirit of God is upon me, and I am anointed. And my heart is for the poor and those who are poor in heart to tell them, I am preaching the gospel, the good news to the poor. He has sent me to heal the broken heart all over the world. Whoever is broken hearted, look here is your provision, and it's Jesus, to proclaim liberty to the captives, recovery of sight to the blind, and that, that spiritually blind and physically blind, to proclaim liberty to the captives. So everyone, this is not like, okay, those who are in prison, this is beyond that. This is basically everyone who kept anyone who is under sin, sin. Therefore, this word of hope is for every person on earth until they receive Jesus Christ. They have not met the standard. They are captive. And Jesus was sent to set the captives free. So we are commissioned. Once we have overcome our sin and seen the provision in Jesus, then we are also commissioned to help set the captives free. And to the degree that we can help the world, the nations, whoever is equipped. We have, we have had throughout the generations wonderful people. And uh, I remember one of the, the team of apostles that were in South Africa from the black tribes that are just powerful anointed apostles and it was hanging around these apostles that Reinhard Bonnke started until that time he, he, he would tell them to pray and not him and it's he finally got there cornered him and told him the South African apostles you don't need us all the time you do it we you are anointed. You can do it. And so uh, impartation comes to us. Jesus doesn't have to come. He anoints us to set the captives free. 
and recovery of sight to the blind. So if we have not accepted that the Lord Jesus, we are blind. To set at liberty those who are oppressed. So if we are not saved and not born again and washed in the blood of Jesus, we are captives. To set at liberty those who are oppressed and to proclaim the acceptable year of the Lord's favor. Then he closed the book and gave it back to the attendant, sat down and eyes were all were on him. We, the synagogue were fixed on him. And he began to say to them, Today this scripture is fulfilled in your hearing. So all bore witness to him, marvel at the gracious words which proceeded out of his mouth. And they said, Is this not Joseph's son? So here is the inaugural speech of Jesus. This is who I am. And this, what I have done and what I will do on the cross will set every captive free and heal the broken heart and give the gospel to the poor. Today and now, from now on, this scripture is fulfilled. Because the Messiah has come. So, praise God. So, this is the inaugural speech of Jesus in this time frame. And this is what's happening. Lord, with your resurrection, these are the awesome things. And in this time frame, you found miracles that had never been, not, not been done before. For example... Deliverance, when Jesus, when the demonized saw Jesus, Jesus, for example, in the, the gathering demoniac, the demons inside him cried out. This is whatever that Jesus discerned. This is demonic language. And he said, turn to the demoniac, say, in the name of me, I suppose. <laughs> but... In the name of Jesus, leave and let this man go. And now people basically in general, there were maybe a few, maybe one or two exceptions, but deliverance had not happened in the manner that Jesus did, where demons recognized that was healing, but the deliverance ministry was not released until Jesus himself came became the Messiah. And indicating the power of his kingdom, of his lordship, as ruler over the forces of the cosmos that emanate initially from God and have been taken and perverted in many cases to dark powers. But that which scripture tells us that event that happened at Calvary where Jesus, the Lord of glory, single-handedly took on principalities and powers. And our Bible says that in his death and resurrection, he disarmed them and that he is ruling now until, say until, until all enemies are under his feet. And so we see in the images of John's revelation, the rider on the white horse advancing first across the nation, the nations of the world. And that is the sending of the Holy Spirit and the beginning of the advance of the preaching of the gospel of the kingdom and the power to deliver from powers, principalities and powers of darkness and establish the kingdom of God. And that moment began on the day of Pentecost, and it continues. So know that in every age, Jesus, by the Holy Spirit, and I want to ask you a question, where does the Holy Spirit reside? In the church, in individuals. He is advancing in every age ahead of then you see those other three horses of famine and economic difficulty and war and death coming behind in, in seeming great power. 
but the rider on the white horse is advancing ahead of all of those powers. And that, once again, is the church. He is King of kings and Lord of lords. Indeed, crown him with many crowns. Amen. So, this entails Jesus, of course, continues his ministry until his crucifixion and then, of course, ta-da, his resurrection. Uh, we see that the experience as the disciples are commissioned, many are apostles, and signs and wonders follow them. As my Father sent me, so send I you. So we get rescued from the kingdom of darkness through the name of Jesus. As we get rescued, then we get discipled. And then as we are in the process of being discipled, we have been rescued and now we are commissioned. We become rescuers and are able to share the wonders of the gospel of witness. We used to, in my, the time of the Baptist era, we used the word witness quite a bit. And I really respect that. Um, but so in the rest of my days, I will become, be a disciple always learning, being taken from glory to glory. So, I want to say that um, I'm going to be always learning, but I've learned I have been set free. Jesus has been and will remain my eternal Savior. And so, now and until the Lord promotes you into glory, we have no fear because God, through Jesus Christ, and that was part of his inaugural message, and he cast the vision. This is what's going to happen. And so we are disciples, and may we, in different ways and forms, God will show us. There are ways, for example, 30, 25 years ago, there was nothing like Facebook. Nothing like, you know, the way we reach people and different tools God has made us available to us that we can share. I remember many years, moons ago, when Bonnie and I were invited to join Brother Derek Prince and we moved. After, I think we were married about uh, six months. Uh, I forgot how much we had been, but then six glorious months. Huh? <laughs> we and one, among the things that I had, my duty was to uh, edit every one of Derek's message at that time. Messages that are been on the radio. I was the editor initially, and. Uh, one of the wonderful things was editing, editing all of those and the ones that he had done thus far. I was also learning. And then there, as you have been rescued, you now become rescuers. So may you get an impartation always. You have heard the inauguration, heard the inaugural message. I am now being discipled and commissioned to be someone who shares the awesome, wonderful uh, message of the Lord Jesus. And he is the Messiah. And he, we are having learned the Messiah's message. We now go to the nations. We have. And then it's recorded in different tools. I'm just impressed by how many tools 
that we do not quit, that we're going to find and always this, whatever is happening for us in our nations, we are not, we are receiving the message of the Messiah and we're going to be sharing. We will not be fearful when whatever virus or whatever thing is set loose by the enemy. We will overcome and we will turn around and worship the Lord. And the more powerfully we worship and honor him, the more powerfully we, our church and our mission will be in the anointing. Jesus is Lord. We crown him with many crowns. And part of the strategy of being able to be anointed and then to receive where we have the message and the power to set the captives free. Thank you, Lord, for in a few moments we're going to be taking communion together in Jesus' name. As we do so, know that this is wep weaponizing you, that you are making every day, every time we gather together, you are being empowered, you are being commissioned. Remember Mark 16, going to all the world, preach good news to all creation. And these signs will follow those who believe. In my name, you'll cast out evil spirit. You will heal the sick. And so, eternally, always, God's anointing is there to release you, to bless you. And miracles, I pray, may we all be anointed and see and experience whether it's I'm going to use this to empower whatever. I've, I've been really surprised how many churches are in some of the small villages and small townships. We were surprised when our messages, there were many that were taken for our radio program and translated into Arabic and some were translated into uh, the Iranian language, um, Farsi. And it was wonderful to know multiple thousands of believers believed in Iran, in the Middle East, in United Arab Emirates and others. There are nations to be one to Jesus Christ. So this is an exciting time. Don't in any way allow fear or anxiety to surround you and overwhelm you in the name of Jesus. We hope you enjoyed this message. To order more great resources by Mahesh and Bonnie Chavda, visit us at chavdaministries.org. For a full catalog of our products, you can call us at 1-800-730-6264. God bless you.